Hey guys, welcome back and thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Sherry. Today we're going to discuss Daniel Green and Erica Sandoval. There's discussion about domestic violence in this one in case you're not comfortable listening. My sources are listed in the description area and all suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. This is the case of Daniel Green. This story takes place in California in 2015. Some things happening around this time. Same-sex marriages finally became legal in all 50 states. That was truly a historic moment. Hillary Clinton announced she would be running for president. The NASA messenger mission ended because after orbiting Mercury 4,000 times, it suddenly slammed into the side of it. Google changed its logo for the first time since 1999. The average American owed $15,000 in credit card debt. NCIS was the most popular TV show. The New England Patriots won the Super Bowl. And lastly, British archaeologists discovered a mass grave of 30 bodies from the Great Plague of London. Daniel Green was a 31-year-old man at the time of the story in 2015. Daniel has a younger sister named Misty and an identical twin brother named Matthew. These two are almost impossible to tell apart. They look exactly the same. These three siblings, Misty, Daniel, and Matthew, are all extremely close. See, they grew up in a house where there was a lot of yelling and an abusive stepfather who was an alcoholic and a drug abuser. These three had this bond, and they're always looking out for each other. Even as adults, they were all living separate lives but still kept in daily contact. Daniel and his twin, Matt, both decided when they were teenagers that they were going to be police officers when they grew up, and that's just what they did. Both became police officers. Eventually, Matt decided to pursue another line of work. Daniel stayed a police officer all the way up until his death, while Matt became a lawyer. Daniel graduated from high school in 2002. He became a police officer shortly after for Porterville Police and then switched to Exeter Police Department in 2005. Daniel loved motorcycles like street bikes and doing tricks and stuff. He was a member of a motorcycle group called Flatline and they are a group of friends who would go out and ride all the time. In 2010, Daniel married a woman named Erica Sandoval. Daniel was 26 and Erica was 23. They surprised their family and friends by getting married in Las Vegas. Erica was an aspiring nurse. She was the only girl in her family and was very spoiled growing up due to this. He fell head over heels for her, even though his family and friends saw something different in her. One of his friends even pulled him to the side and said, you can't marry this chick, dude. He had a bad vibe about the whole thing. She moved into his house, and they seemed to have a good marriage at first, but things aren't always what they seemed. Daniel and Erica fought, like, a lot. Like, not your average, normal marriage quarrels. He confided in his brother and sister that Erica was aggressive and yelled at him a lot. He didn't tell them he was being abused, but kind of beat around the bush about it. He was a police officer, after all. He's dealt with countless domestic violence situations. You'd think he would recognize the signs. He likely did, but didn't want to come forward like many do who are being abused by their partners. Men are even less likely to come forward. Erica had cut up their couch with a razor blade. She's broken things in the home. She poured maple syrup all over the carpet. 
Daniel's brother and sister tell him, you need to get out of this marriage as soon as you can. The good news is that you guys don't have any kids together, so there's nothing there that would tie you to this woman except maybe alimony payments. Other than that, you can be done. The couple were only married for two years, 2010 to 2012. Then he filed for divorce. They are done. Daniel's happy, his family is happy, and all is well. Until very soon after, Erica calls Daniel and tells him she's pregnant. Daniel is feeling a range of emotions. Of course, he's excited to bring a child into the world. He always wanted to be a dad. But on the other hand, he just got rid of this woman. His family's like, great, now you're going to be connected to her for another 18 years. Daniel and Erica are going to give things another try. Maybe having a child may change their situation. In January 2013, they welcomed the first child for both of them, a little boy they, they named Aiden. Daniel is over the moon. He loved little Aiden so much and was a great dad. Matt says the day Aiden was born was the happiest day of Daniel's life. Things went well for a few months, and then the fights began again. Once they had a fight and they were outside screaming at each other, Daniel yells for a neighbor to call police. The police arrive and both Daniel and Erica are arrested. This is especially embarrassing because Daniel is a police officer himself. I don't know whatever became of that situation, but the fact that Daniel still has his job makes it seem like the charges were dismissed. Erica hates Daniel's motorcycle. I mean, hated it. I don't know if she thought it got him attention from females or what. It was like this nice street bike. Matt said she likely hated it because she couldn't sit in the passenger seat and yell at him. One day he is riding with one of his friends and they are coming up on a red light. The friend slows his motorcycle down, but Daniel keeps on going right on through the intersection. He manages to finally stop the bike and his friend is like, what the hell was that about? Daniel gets down and looks at the motorcycle and his wires had been cut. He had no brakes. Erica admitted to a friend that all she did was cut some wires, you know, not a big deal or whatever. Daniel never reported this to police or even told his brother and sister. He just sells the motorcycle to make her feel better. Daniel still does, does not leave her, though. I think at this point, he's just trying to do whatever he has to do to not lose his son. He knows if he kicks Erica out, his son is going with her, and he doesn't want that. Matt, Daniel's twin, told CBS News, quote, When everything was going the way they should be in her eyes, she was pleasant to be around. She was social and she was nice. She was kind. It's only when things went bad or things didn't go her way that she became nasty and things got ugly between the two of them. And from what I saw, the bad was really bad. Daniel's brother and sister also said there were many times where she would scream at him and they could hear him crying later about it, which is heartbreaking. In June of 2013, Daniel finally asks Erica to move out. Aiden was six months old at the time and he is going with her. It killed Daniel to have to be away from Aiden, but the fighting was getting worse than it ever was. Daniel is determined to fight for custody anyway. While they are separated, they fought through text messages and phone calls, but they were okay, occasionally were okay with each other. In fact, Erica would come over and they would sleep together. It was just this back and forth fighting and still having sex, very toxic situation with lots of emotions for them. One night, Erica is there and Daniel is sleeping. Daniel wakes up and Erica is standing over him, pointing his service weapon at him. 
Daniel asks what she is doing, and she says she had a dream that he was cheating on her. Obviously, this is extremely abusive and scary behavior. She tells him that if he ever cheats on her, she'll kill him. Remember, this is at a time when they're not even together anymore. In January of 2015, it's Aiden's second birthday. There is a birthday party for him, and everyone's just going to put their differences aside for the day. Daniel's sister said Daniel and Erica got along really well during the party. They were even pleasant to each other. He even kissed her on the cheek at the end of the day. She even thought maybe they were going to get back together again, and maybe this would be the time when the two would be in a civil relationship. Maybe they've both grown as people over the last year or two. But that's not what happened. One month after this birthday party, Daniel is murdered. You see, Daniel had begun dating a new woman, a woman who was young and beautiful. She is 20 years old, and Daniel is finally happy. Finally, he has a woman in his life who respects him and treats him well. He told his friends about her and was so excited to be happy for once in a long time. He posted a photo on his Instagram of him and her together and titled it Super Fun Time. On the morning of February 6, 2015, Daniel drops his son Aiden off at Erica's mom's before he heads to the gym. During this time, Erica shows up to his house, which is empty since Daniel isn't home, he's at the gym. She crawls in through an unlocked window and snoops around his house for a bit. She grabbed two of Daniel's guns when she heard him pull in. She doesn't know what he's to do because he's home, so she runs into Aiden's room and hides in the closet. She can hear Daniel walking through the house. She says at that point she snapped and went to the bathroom and opened the door. She saw him sitting there on the toilet. She then begins firing at him. Daniel was hit four times and even managed to stand up from the toilet and fall into the bathtub and was found lying on his back inside the tub. The fatal shot had been one to his forehead. Police even thought this initially was a professional hit since it was so well done. As well, no shots were heard by, by neighbors and no one called 911. We'll get into what Erica says about why she did it later, which is truly unbelievable. Daniel doesn't show up for work that day. His supervisor begins to grow concerned because Daniel never misses work. They head to his house where they see his car outside and they're not sure what they're going to find when they go in. It was his coworker who found him shot dead in his bathroom, which I imagine would be a really difficult thing to see. Imagine being the one to find your coworker in that position. They don't know who could have done this. Daniel was a cop and it could have been someone he arrested or someone he testified against. They truly have no idea at this time. Daniel's twin brother is notified as well as his sister and they are hysterical and believe this could have been orchestrated by Erica. Police have neighbors review their outdoor cameras and there she was. It's a little grainy so you can't tell it's Erica but you can tell it's a female going into Daniel's house through the window. They bring Erica in for questioning the next day. She denies any involvement at first. So they lie and tell her they have video of her going up to the house. They don't tell her the video is grainy and it's hard to tell it's her. They just say, we have you know, video proof of you going into the house. Erica confesses and is placed under arrest. She leads police to the murder weapon, which is in a, an, an empty lot. The gun was a nine millimeter, which belonged to Daniel. A huge funeral takes place for Daniel. He was a police officer, so there's bagpipes and a big entourage. The pallbearers were members of the Exelon Police Department where he worked. 
At the funeral procession, there were 200 police squad cars and 200 motorcycles. Police officers from neighboring counties attended as well. Even though this murder happened in 2015, it wouldn't be until October 2019 that Erica went to trial. That's a really long time. Assistant District Attorney David Alavesos is good, and he lays into her during the cross-examination. I need to mention that Erica's attorney allowed her to take the stand, which is an extremely rare, risky thing to do, but he thinks she'll be okay up there. The DA tells the jurors Daniel shared a photo to Instagram of him and his new 20-year-old girlfriend, smiling, happy. Within one week, Erica placed 167 calls and texts to Daniel. In the last four months, they only had 60 texts between them. The photo was posted, and then boom, 167 messages in a span of seven days. Erica was jealous, plain and simple. He also said that after the murder, you walked over to Daniel's phone and erased text messages off of it, ones that you were promising to treat him better, and his responses were that he didn't want to hear it and he was done with you. Inside Erica's purse, they found a yellow sticky note that read, Brenda Vela's name and her year of birth, 1994. Brenda was the woman in the photo with him. We'll never know what that was about, but it was just her name and her birth year. Daniel's sister, Misty, thinks that Daniel had his son Aiden around this new woman, and that's what made Erica snap. According to an article by Aaron Moriarty for CBS News, Erica's attorney gets his turn to speak. And he basically places the dead victim, Officer Daniel Green, on trial. He says Daniel was the one who was abusive. Daniel often recorded audio of the fights he and Erica had, and many of them were played in court. Her attorney says, yes, Erica killed Daniel. Yes, she was toxic and argued a lot, but Daniel was the instigator. Erica testified that Daniel abused her and she didn't report him because he's a cop. Now, when it came time to discuss the murder... Erica is on the stand, and she tells everyone something that she hadn't told anyone before, only her attorney. I watched her on the stand, and she's crying, but no tears are falling. She says she went into Daniel's house that day just to snoop around. She saw his safe was open. There, she saw inside the safe were some photographs, and in these photographs were young girls. You know what kind of photographs she's implying that she saw. She wondered then if he had ever done anything to her son or if he was going to do something to her son. Everyone in the courtroom was stunned because none of this was ever brought up before. The DA is wondering how to handle this. He tells her and the jurors that no photographs were ever found in Daniel's house, even though Erica says she put them back in the safe. They were not in there. The DA reiterates no photos were ever found and likely ever existed. He asked her why she didn't tell police beforehand. She said she was obsessed with fears that Daniel had done something to her son. The DA says they are not in the report and accuses her of lying. Now, it seems like Erica is creating a narrative for the jury to understand why she murdered Daniel. The DA gives a line in court that to me was extremely powerful. He looks at her and says, quote, that's a disgusting lie to make you feel Daniel's not worth a murder charge to devalue him as a human being. That is the sole purpose of it, end quote. So you've got Erica's attorney who says she did it to protect her son. 
You've got the DA who says she did it because she was jealous of his new girlfriend. Now it's up to the, to the jury to decide which one it is. There's no doubt she murdered him. She admitted to pulling the trigger. The jury has to decide the motive, though. Did Erica shoot her husband in a jealous rage, or did she shoot her husband because she thought there was a chance that he could abuse their son? In December 2019, after days of deliberations, the jury could not come to a unanimous decision. They were 11 to 1. There was one juror who couldn't agree with the others. Well, it got pretty heated in the jury room, and even a screaming argument took place between two of the jurors. 11 jurors supported the conviction. One juror didn't. The end result, sadly, was the judge had to declare a mistrial. The defense says a mistrial is considered a win, but it is just a temporary one. One juror spoke to CBS News and said it was obvious she was lying on the stand regarding the photographs as she claimed she found. No photos were ever found, even though Erica says she put them back in the safe. Daniel's brother and sister were devastated that there was a mistrial and now their brother's name was being drug in the mud. That was not the outcome that everyone wanted. So what happens next? Well, a new trial was set for 2020, but the pandemic hit. Next, the Golden State Killer was caught and his trial takes precedence before any other murder trials. For now, even in late 2022, she still does not have a trial date. Erica is still in jail while she awaits her second trial. If convicted, she could face the death penalty. This is California after all. The only good thing to come out of this is that Daniel's twin brother, Matt, and his wife adopted little Aiden shortly after the murder. He is 10 years old today. Matt says after the murder, he was given emergency custody. Aiden, who was only two years old back then, saw Matt and came running towards him and hugged him and yelled, Daddy. Since Matt and Daniel looked so much alike, he thought Matt was his dad. Daniel Green was a victim of domestic violence. He was much bigger than his wife, Erica. He was a police officer. He's still a victim. Men can be victims of domestic violence as well. I know there are two sides to every story, but from the facts in this case, it shows Erica as the one who did most of the belligerent behavior. If you're a victim, please reach out to someone. There's so many resources these days that are available to you. Even if you are a man, it's okay. It's nothing to be ashamed of or embarrassed about. Women can be just as bad as men when it comes to domestic violence. One in three women and one in four men have experienced some form of physical violence by an intimate partner. I find it sad that Daniel grew up in a house with domestic violence. He grows up and has to experience the same thing from his partner. I'd like to think he was happier at the end of at the end with his new girlfriend, even though it was just for a couple weeks before he was murdered. He really did have a tough life. Rest in peace to Daniel Green and much love to his brother and sister and his son. That's it for this week, and I'll see you all again soon. Take care and much love to you all.